0: Hi, welcome back to Power Chats with Chris and Sab, Sab and Chris, whichever one you want to do. We actually hit start just as it turned from 9-11 to 9-12, so we're here at 9-11, and Sab was like, what a shit time to start, and I was like, no, this is a perfect time to
1: start. So,
0: oh man, we we talk some shit, don't we, So, Considering we met like two weeks ago, and it was like, why don't we just talk about random shit? (laughs) So, anyway.
1: You know
2: what? Do you know what? That raises a really good point. I feel as though two weeks ago, I mean, life was actually totally different. Like we were able to be out in the wild, but also I feel as though two weeks has been like two months. Oh yeah. I'm excited. I'm like, I'm talking about all the things I'm going to do once I can rewild. Like once I can rewild, I'm going to like be climbing all the time and be hiking all the time and be like, just enjoying a coffee not made at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, rewilding. What are you most looking forward to once you can rewild?
0: Once I can rewild. Mm. What am I looking forward to? I don't know. I really want to go for a motorcycle ride, and I'm like, two minds on whether I can do it right now or not. Like, I really want to go out and go through the twisties, but I'm like, they're telling me not to, and I don't really want to get pulled over by a cop and him recognize me and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but and, and or you know, put myself in that danger kind of situation. But yeah, I'm missing a motorcycle ride, especially with my buddy Dan who's in the police and he's working at the moment. And he's like, it's fucking crazy mayhem out there. Just stay home. <laughs> yeah. <like> <laughs> so yeah. is he
2: is he working?
0: Yeah, he works in the city in Auckland. So yeah, he's like it's fucking crazier than normal. <laughs>
2: People are people are not. Hey, like I'm very lucky that where I live, I'm still able to feel a sense of um, wild, if you will. Like I can still run through the forest and run through the beach, and like um, I have a lot of outdoor space that I'm able to access. Since we're able to, we're not trapped in our homes. Like since we are able to get outside, um, yeah, can walk, I can actually we can walk, travel. We
0: can quite walk far. In our community. Yeah, we can walk. Around. Yeah, my
2: my like nucleus is quite. Um, Conducive to like an outdoor lifestyle, so I'm very, very fortunate. Um, but yesterday we went down to the beach, took the dogs for a beach with my flatmates, and um, I was amazed at how many people were actually down there.
0: I um, got an email. Oh, I got an email from a friend of mine um, because I sent out, you know, obviously sending out, you know, emails to my email list, and I sent it all. I sent it out, and he emailed me back, and he's like, "Bro, could you do me a favor and do like some videos or do a video on telling people to stay home." He's like people are treating this like a four. We call it. He's like Oriwa Beach is packed at the moment. He's like you know people just aren't listening. People are just going the you know oh she'll be right kind of Kiwi attitude that you know we have. He's like my wife. He's like my partner is a nurse, and like I'm concerned for them. And he I think he's on he's on light duties. so He's at home. He's not actually working as a cop right now, but. He's like, he's like, yeah, people just aren't taking it seriously. Now, I don't care what your beliefs are, and we were talking about this before, and we'll talk a little bit about it. I don't care what your beliefs are on what's actually going on out there or whether it's as serious as they're saying. Again, the government has put put things in place. You need to abide by them. It's plain and simple, just abide by them. I mean, I'm a, I'm a rule breaker. I love to fucking break the rules, even though I'm an ex-cop, you know, but you still follow them I mean, as an ex-cop, you know how to bend them a little bit, but you still follow them. You know, you still, we're staying home because we're flattening the curve. Now, if it turns out that flattening the curve was actually bullshit, well, we'll never really know. But again, we're doing what we need to to try and, try and save some lives, try and not over, it's all about not overloading the emergency system. And hopefully we never know whether what we did was right or wrong, and it actually just carries on. And we do
2: what we do. Well, I think that raises a really good point about, um, it, like, we're acting as though this is just a four-week thing. But the reality is it could be <laughs> 6, 7, 12, 15, 18 weeks. Like, it could be a really long time. And I was chatting about this with some friends yesterday. Is, so we're in containment at the moment, or confinement, sorry. Like, on these containers. Um, but what do we do? once we're able to leave again like are we gonna flood society again like how does this work because it's under control right it's not a bid to extinguish the virus it's a bid to control the virus it's,
0: so- a bid to slow it down. it's just to slow it down is all it's doing so if you actually if you actually look back at jacinda's first video her first live video when she was putting it when she just said that we're going into isolation and going to stage four she said that it won't be, we're not open, everything won't open up again if it all flattens, if it starts to flatten out and the cases start to slow down. It'll be opening up pockets. So opening up areas and what will, you know, my, my prediction on it, and I'm not an expert in this at all, but, you know, I have been a, I was a cop for seven years. I kind of know people a little bit, but my thing is, is what's going to happen, and I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, is they might open they'll open up pockets of areas but you'll be held to stay in those pockets so you'll have to you'll have to stay like auckland will be one of the last places to have big areas open up but you'll have areas around the country that will open up but they'll tell you to stay in that area so they can keep it somewhat contained but it means that you can go back to somewhat of a normality in that kind of area so like you know small towns that aren't affected, we'll be able to open back up and be able to resume business and stuff like that, you know, open their businesses and stuff, and then it'll slowly open up. And all that is, is it's still just flattening the curve. Whereas Auckland, we've got, what, one and a half, two million people. I don't even know how many people are in Auckland now. Have you opened up? yeah, three million now. Fuck. So, um... <laughs> So, yeah, so you know, you've got that many people, you can't go opening big areas. You'll have, you know, they might open small areas, but Auckland will be the place where if it gets in here, if it gets in Auckland, it goes rampant. Then, you know, obviously, like any seasonal flu, it goes crazy anyway. So it's just about slowing it down. But, you know, there is, yeah, it's an interesting time and it's whatever you believe or you want to read or stuff like that around how long we can actually keep doing this because right now everybody a lot of most people are getting paid but who knows how long that can last with knowing that's that's money. what we were
2: chatting about right was the economy and like the the hit that that's taking and um and the questions around like how how it's not like how far is too far but at what point do we um do we kind of tilt over the edge where the economy becomes a little irreparable. Like it takes a long time to recover because a lot of people, um, as two business owners, like, you know, we're really fortunate to be in a space that is already, um, not brick and mortar, but it does, um, it does have an impact across the field with any business owner. And you do have to wonder like, where is that tipping point where things start to take a lot longer to repair in terms of the economy.
0: And then it's, what do you, you know, what's priority, you know, as we are talking about, we are talking about an article that I posted on, I, you know, I shared on Facebook, whether I believe it or not, or you believe it or, you know, you agree with it or not. Um, it is, it's, at what point is, you know, the economy, at what point do you want to actually start putting some priority on the economy? Or is a life, you know, how much is a life worth at the end of the day? Is the real question. And so I know for some people, they'll put, you know, they'll lose everything just to save one life. And then you talk to other people and they're like, no, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to lose everything just to save maybe one life. Or uh, that's a that's that. a
2: huge it's a huge question though, and that's certainly not something that I have the answer to because no, you are. I mean, I like really what like an it. awful, what an awful, what just like what an awful question to be asking in the first place, you know?
0: Yeah, but 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 at the same time, you know, if you think about it, it goes it goes around in everything. It's like it take laws for example, which I know because I obviously being an ex cop. Take laws for example what is you know why are laws there yes they're there to help people but they're not there to put so much strictness on you that you can't have a life so you can look at it the same way you know you take for example you know um the cops nowadays do a lot of warnings so we're a lot lighter on our sentencing for people that break the law on minor things but what is a minor thing and it's a it's an interpretation to every single person what do you classify as minor and what do you classify as major because i know of people that have assaulted people and given a warning and not even gone to court but yet for me i'm like if somebody if somebody punches somebody in the face oh uh, they're going to court but yet for other people it's like no nah, that's a that that, that that can you can just warn them for that
2: yeah everything comes down to interpretation right and that 's why we actually need systems I think that 's something that i 've been super proud to witness is yeah there 'll always be people that bend or break rules or just don 't adhere to the like guidelines or actual laws that we have but i 'm super proud to see that systems are in place, and order is being um, followed because at, like as humans like we 're crazy because of interpretation because of Um, this bullshit idea that like, for me, it's okay. And we make up our own rules and, you know, here's life. And I live on the outside of it because I'm special and I'm unique. Well, it's nice to see that there's, there's order being put in place. And for the most part, people are following it. We need order, especially in a time of like massive uncertainty order is what keeps us sane. We're actually not like the smartest monkeys, you know, we really need each other to form some form of like regulation. And we need to be told what to do to a certain degree. Mm. Like as as much as you're um, as progressive and as enlightened and as bloody, you know, adult as you can be, you always need some form of like parenting. And it's actually quite nice to see a lot of um I mean, obviously with this, like you get these um everyday everyday police people, like, you know, people that think that they're, you know, almighty and you're like, hey, you're just a regular person like me, Mr. You know, fifty down the road, like yeah. sit down, you know, like get off your high horse, you know. But it's quite it's quite interesting to see. How people respond to rules, and like for the most part, I feel as though New Zealand's doing a pretty good job,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before, you know i <laughs> in some ways, I've got that doomsday kind of approach that kind of i've you know I've always had that what if then try and solve the problem, but yeah you know, i've I was a cop for seven years, I've seen what people do, like I've seen what people are just dumb half the time. You know, as you said, people need order, and you know they need structure. But my 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 biggest concern, and we were talking about this before, is how long will people actually stay in isolation and listen to it? Mm. Like I know I know an ex cop in the states who he posted it yesterday. He's on day 23 now. For maybe even eight weeks, I think people will be fine with. But if you get much past two months especially for your non-retirees, your people that actually like you and I have rent and mortgage and bills. And then you have, you know, companies that, I mean, I know so many people in my apartment building that are literally just on like a leave holiday. Stop, stop that. Um, They're on like a leave holiday and they're just getting paid. They're not having to use their leave. But if you think about, if you look at the infrastructure side of that and the economy side of that, the company that they work for has to still get paid in order to pay them. At what stage does that run out? At what stage does that company go, we can't actually afford to keep paying you?
2: Well, it's a domino effect, right? Huh. From top down.
0: And there's some companies that are doing extremely good, like supermarkets and you know, there's government agencies that are always gonna have it, but you can only print so much money. <laughs> I, mean, I mean you can continually print it, but at some stage you end up, you know, having a dollar is no longer worth a dollar. It's worth sure. <laughs> sure.
1: You know?
0: Um you look at you know, places like Venezuela, you go there with a twenty dollar US bill and you come out with a stack of money like this when they give you the change back in Venezuelan dollars. You know, <laughs> for buying a Snickers bar. Um so, you know, there's a point where they're not going to be, you know, and hopefully we never see that point is, you know, where I'm trying to get with it. But at the same time as if you start to, like you were saying before, if we start to get to that stage where there things start to fall off, people, I know, you know, that's one thing that I do know. People become self-centered. Now, hopefully it never gets to that, and New Zealand is showing that it's not like that right now. But if you put somebody's life on the line, I'm going to be generous here and say probably 75% of people will go, I'm taking care of, I'm looking after me. Yes. There's the 25% of people like myself who will put others lives first. But again, you got a lot of majority of people that'll be like, nah, let me look at, look at riots, look at things that we've seen through history. People get very concerned with themselves right now. Society is doing great and I hope that they keep doing it. But from what I've seen and experienced, and yes, I'm a bit tainted, but you people, people, a lot of people look after themselves. I've seen some of the nicest people in the world and fucking they get put up against the wall and it's like, I don't fucking care who you are you know I'm getting out of the way. getting you, you know, I'm- I'll destroy you to get through
2: so this is actually this is really interesting because this is something that I've been contending with a lot lately is um, you say Uh, for any situation obviously not in the context of just a global pandemic but in a a breakup in a um a parent child situation in a car accident in um you know any form of situation you can stand on the outside and objectively go oh i wouldn't do that Mm. or oh i would absolutely do this the reality is you might not and you are fortunate if you've never had to come face to face with actually realizing what your answer to that would be. So I feel as though, um, from a, cause we're talking about relationships, right? Like would, would you, would you value another human being over yourself? Like how far would you go for someone outside of your outside of you? Right. Yeah. Like that's, you know, looking after someone else. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been speaking to a friend who has come out of a abusive relationship and I have realized very quickly that it's super easy for me to sit on the sidelines and go, Oh, how did you not see that happening? How did you not, you know, how, like, how could you have stood by this? How could you have not done this? I would have done this. I would have done that. And I mean, I haven't been a dickhead and said those things, because I understand.
0: But it's going through your head. It's, it still goes through your head. It does, if you haven't been in an abusive relationship, for example, you don't actually know what goes through their head. Now, I'm, I've been a, I was a cop for seven years, three-ish years on the front line dealing with domestics. You can see it, literally. The amount of people that I – mean, I was talking to a lady just the other day doing some coaching with her, and literally the same thing. She's in an abusive relationship. I'm like, why are you still there? And I asked her why. You don't tell them – you can't tell them, you know, can you not see this? because they can, you know, what would literally a good thing with that is actually ask them, what do you want your life to look like in two years? Have them visualize their life with that person, without that person. And they'll see it themselves.
2: Yeah. It's like the, but, twink, the coin toss, right? Like you throw the coin up and you might think that you don't know the answer to a question, but the minute you flip a coin, you know what side you want it to land on.
0: But you, but it, you know, take for example, you know, with what you were saying about, you know, People don't actually know what they would do until they're in a situation. You've already done it in minor stages. When was, you know, think of you crashed your car. Did you fully admit to, if you were in the wrong, did you fully admit it or did you fight it? You get called out on something. Did you admit it or did you fight it? Even though you know inside that you were in the wrong, did you fight it? If you're the person that fought it, you'll put your life first. Now, you're pro- if you're listening to this and you're going, oh, yeah, I have done that. Now, you've just planted a seed into your head of going, oh, maybe I won't actually put myself first, which is good. But a lot of, you know, you look at people, I mean, I, the amount of car crashes I've been to where it's fully black, rear-ending. Somebody rear-ends somebody. You walk up to the person who rear-ended the other person. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> I mean... So you know it's it's and it's a sad thing, but hopefully, and this is what I hope, and like I've already said, hopefully people don't go down that track, and we don't. Hopefully, we don't ever get put into that situation where people are like, nah, fuck it, I'm looking after myself. But you I feel watch.
1: Quite hopeful.
0: Oh yeah, but you I watch any zombie, you watch any zombie apocalypse movie. Every zombie apocalypse movie, everybody's out for themselves, aren't they? You have little pockets of people that are helping each other, but then they go to another little pocket of other people. They can't really trust them, and then next thing, it fucking splits apart, and they move on, and they go to the next. Yeah,
2: Look
0: that at the pocket yeah. screws
2: over the next pocket. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> yeah. you know, you care about you, and you care about your bubble, your community, your family, the people that you hold closest, your friends, and the people that you know you classify as family. Whether that be really close friends, things like that, it's already there in society. You look at you know people that work with each other. Everybody else is on the outside, and to get on, we all have cliques. Look at high school; it never ends. It just changes. But I am,
2: I am feeling or, though, like um, people are, and maybe this is optimistic because we're we're only in week two here in New Zealand. But I feel as though last week, like it's it's weird. This like collective energy like you can just sense it when you go ah I feel as though last week everyone was a bit panicky and like what's gonna go on like what's gonna happen and just a bit paranoid and this week I feel as though people have really become innovative and adaptive and they're coming up with ways to look after people and set up like little challenges and you know we've got this thing going on at the moment where people put a teddy bear in their window And, um, I've had a friend set up a huge group for parents, um, to play with their kids. And there's like, it's a fitness challenge. So every teddy bear you see, you do X amount of reps of a certain exercise with your kids. So you get them outdoors, you get them like looking for fun stuff, keeping their focus on um, positivity. light-hearted things, yeah, and and also moving. So it's like a win-win-win-win. Yeah, and you kind of see this pocket like grow. You see these these groups form. It's like it's like pockets are popping up all over the show.
0: Yeah, you know? no, that's, and it is it is really good to see. You know, because it was so. I, I think because it's been so big so quickly that people have gone towards that. And they've gone towards the let's stay positive, let's do this. So you know it is it is very good, and it is you know refreshing to see it happening, and also that um, people are staying focused on that, and people are using social media to post to show that stuff, and people are actually focused on. I know also we focus on that kind of stuff. We we focus on constantly staying positive. You know, in the darkest situations, we can always still find a positivity out of it. And that's the key with all of this is to, you know, keep finding it and, you know, um, and also keep people around you that do that. You know, I know for myself, I can dig into, you know, just like on this call, like I, I can dig into the show you all the fucking problems and I can also find the solutions for them with some point, you know, and I can shift that focus to positivity, but also keeping people like, you know, around, like, you know, like you and I staying in touch, you know, have, talking with my wife, talking with friends and stuff like that, that are, you know, those people that always just see the positives and everything, you know, that don't even, don't even in, in a cop's world, you would call them naive, but they're actually people that you need to keep around. And I was talking to a retired cop just yesterday, you know, for my other podcast. And he was saying you need to keep people out. Like, if you're a cop, you need to have friends that are outside of the police so you see the real world, not just what you're dealing with every day. And so it's the same thing as you know, you need to keep those people around that uplift you, that are always uplifting, that, um, you know, you, you bring everybody brings different attributes to everything. But, yeah, it is, it is one of those things that we're in times that we've never, society's never, ever seen before ever.
2: Yeah. I am very curious to see how communication changes Mm. as a result of this. I mean, I'm curious to see a lot of changes, but we are pretty adaptable. We are pretty innovative. And I think that also goes for um, us as people, like, I don't think we'll come out of this the same. Oh, definitely. I feel like a different person from last week. I actually have, um, I feel like a far stronger gratitude practice. And I feel a lot calmer ironically, in a time of chaos. I feel a lot calmer because I what think you your distractions your distractions are gone, right so for me, it feels as though I have bite sized chunks of things that are in my control, and they're very obvious it 's very obvious what those things are, and everything else is just white noise
1: mm.
2: so suddenly, my perspective is this is what's important to me right now. This is what I have to do. This is what I want to do. Mm. Like those three things are my main focus and everything else just kind of fades away. It's not like we're in a time of like massive survival, you know, like we've still got supermarkets and
0: and whatnot. You simplify your life.
2: Totally. Yeah. There's just a whole lot. You don't need do all
0: this random shit. You don't need all the random shit. You're just like, okay, yeah, you can just deal with just these little things. So it almost, it does, it simplifies your life out.
2: Yeah, and I'm really, like, I feel very hopeful that on the other side of this, people have a newfound appreciation for the little things and each other.
1: Mm.
2: You know, because um, trauma bonding too is, is a thing. And while it's not always the healthiest, I feel as though the people that we're stuck with now we're gonna share this for the Mm. rest of our lives yeah and that is gonna keep us we're gonna be like hey remember that time we played Bananagrams for eight hours straight like it's gonna be the little things that pop up and we're gonna look back and go man that was
0: that was funny that was pretty funny
2: (laughs) yeah or that was shit or that was cool or God, I wish I'd been stuck with better people. Or man, I couldn't have picked better people to be stuck with. Our relationship got stronger. Our friendship got stronger. Like, that's the stuff that I'm really curious to see, the interpersonal, mm. rela- like, just the relationships, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is true because you're stuck with the same people right now. And also just the innovation that everybody's doing is quite interesting, you know? Um the thing, again, you know, I go to that side of stuff, but the thing that hopefully people, hopefully, you know, people need so much connection and like, you know, you and I, our first episode was, you know, sitting right next to each other. Now we're doing it on Zoom and it's just not the same. Like for me, it just doesn't feel the same. Like I'm one of those people that likes to have people around. Like I like, you asked my wife, I'd rather have a party of 10 people than just sit you know, and just do things just one on one. Um, but yet when I was in my darkest time, I didn't want to be in a group of people at all.
2: <laughs> yeah. But now you know what's good for you, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, but, but it's interesting because I strive and I crave that human connection. It'll be interesting to see out the other side of this, if people still keep doing this or if they go back to actually needing that human connection stuff.
2: Well, that's where I feel as though we needed this. I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat it and be like, yeah, I mean, a, a pandemic is a great thing, um, but there's great things that can come out of it. And I, and I think that given a certain amount of time, anything becomes a habit, right? Because we are adaptable. I'm just hoping that the habits are healthy and they are really, um, they are strengthening our relationships with others and ourselves and our um, our fitness and our eating habits. Like more people will be cooking at home. That is going to do amazing things for people's bodies and psyches healthy meals like just going back to basics um it's it's that kind of stuff that will become a habit i think and i'm hoping that the that those are the things that stick around and it's not the oh yeah i ate like eight bags of corn chips because i panic bought the entire aisle eight you know like it's very have, easy, have, have, one way or the other.
0: Say, I have to say I've ate more chocolate in the last three days than I think I have in the last three months. But that's
2: <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, Chris, but.
0: <laughs> you know, my wife and I were like, when we go to the grocery store, no more chocolate. We're not allowed to buy any more chocolate because we've ate way too much in the last three days. <laughs>
2: right. I have started to branch out into sharing like more recipes with my audience, um, sharing like a lot of like plant-based love. But the problem is I've realized that the more food I make, the more food I eat. So I feel for food bloggers, I have no intention of becoming one. I feel like it's cool just to share a couple things, but I think it's a trap. I think food blogging is a trap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I eat the same thing every day. It's just easier. <laughs> I've
2: been making so many treats. And- I know we, we,
0: we, we make cookies. We bake. I mean, we couldn't even get our hand. We don't have flour in the house because we don't do that much baking. And so we ended up, we couldn't even find flour because it's sold out everywhere. There's like a flour shortage for some reason. Um, So we ended up actually one of our neighbors downstairs that we know really well. She actually gave us, she gave us some. She like, We do this little thing where you set it on the doorstep and then like fuck off and leave. And then you grab. <laughs> you come on and get it. And then we bake and then we'll bake something and then we'll take it down, set it in front of her doorstep and then fuck off and tell her that it's, you know, text her that it's there. And, like, she'll do the same thing. And so, like, yeah, we made chocolate chip cookies. Um, she made bread. She made, Her birthday was yesterday, so she made a cake, and she gave us some of the cake. And it's like, I'm, like, I've eaten so much baking in the last three days, I'm like, more than I ever have in my, like, last five years. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm going to come out of this stronger and better. Yep, that's lot. <laughs> yeah, that's the one.
2: Yeah, this is what I'm calling the quarantine 15. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 um but yeah no it's um it's very interesting times to be honest and it'll be interesting because you know if you think about both both personally but also economically you look at every other my wife and i were talking about this yesterday you look at every other recession that's ever happened and it's all been caused because all of a sudden something happened when the stock market or people got scared and started selling stocks and stuff like that. This people got scared, scared. Yes. And started selling stuff, but this recession is not because of the stock market. It's because we've all been told you can't go to work. And so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of the other side of this from an economical point of view. And yeah, what well, you know, the companies that just like the every recession, the companies that come out of it are gonna be the ones that stick around forever and they're gonna be strong ones. And same with people, the ones that you know use this as a as an opportunity to do good and do better are gonna be the people that are known after this. But yeah, it's a very interesting one to look at. Um, and you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, I, I read articles. I don't just read the articles on, that are like, oh, you know, the coronavirus and we need to isolate and stuff like that. I look at the controversial ones as well because I like to see both sides of the thing. And my wife read an extremely long one to me yesterday that she read. And she was like, it was, it was talking about pretty much, is this as bad as we're saying it is? And I know viewers and listeners are going to be like, yes, it is. It's fucking horrible. But if you actually look at numbers and you look at stats and you look at the, you know, you really do look at the numbers, they aren't adding up to as bad as they're saying. Yes, certain pockets are getting flooded and they're getting horrible. But, you know, I get frustrated that everybody, have you been to Italy before? Yeah,
2: I lived in Italy for a while.
0: Yeah. And what are the people like there? Are they healthy?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Would you say that they eat extremely healthy and that they're healthy people?
2: Oh well, that's an interesting one because I <laughs> would say I would say that they are um, they're healthy. They have health. They have healthier mentalities, I think. Yeah.
0: But, and that would you say? Body healthy wise, would you say that they're healthy? There's nothing against Italians, but it's just have I've been there before twice. And I I'd would say they're physically healthy.
2: I'd say comparatively to New Zealanders. Yes. And would you? Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't because they
0: smoke a shit ton more. They Where, where did you live in Italy?
2: Uh, down south.
0: Oh, okay. Because yeah. From what I saw, they smoke a lot more. They eat a lot more carbs. They have a lot higher oils. Um, not as much protein. When I was there, I struggled to find like decent protein meals. Like obviously I'm a carnivore, but um they and so what i saw is it wasn't super their stuff wasn't super healthy and so then if you look at the numbers coming out of italy that so many people are dying but they're also you know you look at the numbers 0.8 percent of the people that have died in italy had no underlying health conditions Hmm. 48 and a half percent had three underlying health conditions
2: I feel though as like a global as as a as a globe, we have severe health issues. Oh. That this is like this is this is not surprising in a way. Oh, unpopular opinions today. But I feel as though, <laughs> I feel as though as a globe, we've all developed these super unhealthy habits. We have like obesity's on the rise, um, cancer's rampant. Um, you our know, like immune diseases. Things are really hitting us hard because of our lifestyle choices. And lifestyles are different everywhere. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that the issues are unique to a certain No, nation. no, but the reason
0: that I brought up Italy is because everybody is referring to Italy as the statistics. Oh, sure everybody refers to everything as we don't want to end up like italy but if you actually look at the culture of the people mm. and you look at the u.s the u.s is going to get nailed extremely hard because of the high level of obesity and heart conditions and everybody's on fucking medication over there i don't think i know one person over there that's over 40 or 50 that's not on a, some sort of medication for something and so, you know, yes, they're going to get nailed hard. New Zealand has high obesity, so some of them will get nailed hard. But again, why has this never been talked about or done anything about before? And why is it coronavirus fault? And we're getting real controversial here. And some listeners are going to go, nah, I don't want to listen to this anymore. But you should. Because, well, you, know, is- you know, we're not saying that we're not saying don't stay at home. What we're saying is look at the bigger picture. And this is what I'm saying, at least. And this is why you and I have these nice chats because we pull each other back and forth. But my thing is, is that you have all these health conditions that have been like, Oh yeah, we'll just push them under the carpet. We'll give you some medication. We won't actually do anything fucking about it. And then you have this virus that comes along and it attacks those people. Yes, there are some people, but there's, if you look at Italy, cause everybody's referring to it, there's 0.8% of people like you and I that have no health conditions that are dying. percent yeah
2: yeah but see the likelihood of having no so this is this is right (laughs) is having no health conditions is actually unfortunately a rarity Yeah.
0: yeah so but why have we never looked at this before
2: well i think that comes down to um not feeling as though uh, we're, we're not urgent beings, like as a species, we don't deal with things until we have to. Mm. So you don't tend to look at um, maybe your smoking habits until someone really close to you dies of lung cancer. You don't tend to look at your eating habits until um, your partner doesn't, um, like you can't fit into your jeans anymore, or you can't wear any of your clothes. Uh, yeah, like these things need a little bit of urgency. And that's where I feel coronavirus is like COVID-19 is going to bring us a lot of um, sort of just like awakenings and realizations that the important things are our health, our loved ones and their health. Like if we're wanting to live for a long time, if longevity is our goal, because we're living for longer than we have ever before, like you say, once you hit 40 or 50, and you've got another 40 or 50 years to go, what's your quality of life like? I I feel as though this is going to be a really positive kick up the ass to examine our health and assess where things are at. And this is something that I was sharing with my audience the other day, is that your well-being is actually so much more than just what you eat And how you exercise your well-being is what you emotionally feed it what you mentally feed it what you spiritually feed it what you physically feed it your well-being is so much more encompassing than just food and food and exercise
1: Mm.
2: and i feel like this might help people start there like our business has started on the basic level of move your ass Mm. right but hey, once you've got that down, let's talk about why you weren't moving in the first place. What kind of movement you like? Like, it gets different, yeah, I, yeah,
0: I, 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 I have mine the other way around. Mine is, I dig into people's hearts, their heads, their souls, and why the fuck haven't you been moving up until now? Because this is what's gonna get you to stay moving for a long period of time.
2: Sure, but you started as a trainer, right?
0: No. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you are right. You're right. Yep, I take that back. Yeah, it did start off with... Oh, yeah, and I that's, I get people to... I approach people around the fitness and then instantly shift over to the... Okay, fine.
2: Right, but because it's it's more palatable. People,
0: well, because people don't... People that can't relate or they don't understand the, the mental stuff. And if they do already, then they're already doing it.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it... And this is the thing: is hopefully it shifts, it shifts people from this whole just doctor science side of stuff to this mental side of stuff. Because your mental state, man, your your mind has more power than anybody knows. You know, I remember watching a YouTube well before all this stuff happened. I watched a YouTube video from uh, Eddie Hall, who is the only guy to ever lift um, half a ton deadlift. So he holds the world record right now. I think Half Thor is about to try and break it here in May, um, but he, Eddie Hall deadlifted 500 kilos off the ground, and he said there is no fucking way I was ever going to be able. He's like the most I lifted in the gym before that was 462 kilos. He's like, but there was no way. He's like, I did not do it. It was not the gym that did it. He's like, yes, I was strong as shit. He's like, I went to a psychologist and a hypnotherapist and all of those guys, and I got myself to be able to mentally be able to do it. He's like, I was able to extract every ounce of adrenaline out of my body and everything. He's like, when I was doing it, he's like, if you look at my eyes, he's like, I am not looking at the audience. I do not see them. He's like, I am thinking I am lifting this weight off my son and I am putting all the power into that. And I'm using every ounce of adrenaline, every ounce of my mental state to do it. I didn't lift anything near 500 kilos before that in the gym. He's like, but on the day I lifted 500 kilos off the ground, did it completely, and did you know? And he's like, I had a brain hemorrhage. He had all these kind of medical things that happened because of it. But he's like, it was not my body just that did it. It was his mind. And mm-hmm. our mind has so much power that people don't understand and don't under, unlock to even just heal us. You know, in manifestation. We talk about this as well. You know, manifestation, what you manifest is what you're going to get. And if we're constantly thinking that we're going to get the coronavirus and we're going to die from the coronavirus, well, the chances are a lot higher than if you go, no, I'm going to be fucking pretty sweet. Not being naive and, you know, going out and fucking coughing on people and getting coughed on and shit, but going, you know, having that power of that focus is so much, there's so much more power in that, than you know, that people don't realize.
2: Mm. And I think the easiest way to understand that, because we tend to forget that, like our brain is this powerhouse and it, it like it protects us, but it has sometimes those um, protective behaviors actually hold us back because mm. we struggle to recognize um, like a good challenge and a bad challenge sometimes. But the easiest way to recognize just how powerful your mind is is we know we can bite through our own tongue. Mm. The likelihood of you actually being able to do that like very, very minimal because your brain will hold you back. It will stop you from doing that.
0: I remember seeing another movie, and this was in a movie, but it's still the same thing. Try and bite yourself and draw blood on your hand. Your mind will – it takes somebody that's very fucking mentally powerful to be able to actually draw their own blood by biting themselves. Same thing with your tongue. You can do it if you're eating. You'll accidentally bite yourself and you'll draw blood. But if you purposely are going to try and bite your tongue, you can't. I love um, Tony Robbins, you know, uses this as an example. You know, there's also there's the first example is, you know, when you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see it freaking everywhere. Or you start to get focused on looking for a new a car that you really, really like. All of a sudden you see them everywhere. Yeah. But the one, that, the one that I love is, and we've all had this happen. Think about when we were kids or if you have kids, think how often this happens. You ask them or you've been asked to grab the salt out of the cupboard. And you go, I don't, there is no salt, or for some reason in your mind, there is no salt. Or you don't know where the salt is, or you just don't want to grab the salt. And so you say, there's no salt. I don't know where the salt is. And you keep telling yourself, I don't know where the salt is. I don't know where the salt is. There is no salt. The salt is gone. It's not there. And your, your mom or, you know, you tell your kid, it's in the cupboard. It's just there, third shelf down right in the front. No, there is no salt or there, is no, there isn't any salt. And then you go, just go have a look. Then they open the cupboard. No, see, there's no fucking salt here. The salt is not fucking here. It's not there. I can't see it. And you, you, you get up, you walk over, or, you know, your mom walked over, and they go, see, here's the salt. And it was literally on the shelf right in front of you. Yeah. It's because the mind, you've told yourself so many times that you don't know where the salt is, and there is no salt. Your mind physically puts a block and does not show you the salt.
2: Well, cognitive bias, right? That's the one. Yeah. What you what you seek is what you see. Yeah.
0: Mm. And so it's the same thing with everything going on. If you want to see all the shit in the world, go look. You, you fuck, you can easily find it. If you want to see all the goodness and stuff like we've been talking about. You know the good stuff that's going on out there, like the teddy bears in the windows and things like that. You can see it over there. I was seeing all the teddy bears. I was like, what the fuck are all these teddy bears about? And then all of a sudden, I read something, and it's like, oh, there's you know, cheer people up, and that. I actually saw on one of the police Instagram posts. They're like, oh, you know, a teddy bear, and then there was a photo of a teddy bear on the back one of the police motorcycles I was like oh that's what it's all about is to bring cheer and happiness like okay I get why the windows are lined with teddy bears now
2: <laughs> yeah you're like I didn't realize that my neighbors had so many stuffed toys
0: yeah exactly. I was like my never had a lot of fucking toys okay cool. the <laughs> kids there <laughs> the yeah kid's we get
2: to know our neighbors without actually getting to know them hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I know we've gone off on a bit of a little tangent on stuff, but it's, you know, that's what we do. Um, but it's, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So you've done your gratitude practice this morning. Let's wrap up there. Yeah. What's uh, a couple things that you're grateful for?
0: What are some things I'm grateful for? Almost every morning I'm grateful for my puppies. Because they're always cuddled up next to me and my other little one is in her cage and she wakes me up every morning. Um, grateful for them. Grateful for my positive attitude on life. The fact that I can find positivity in anything now. Um, and also grateful that I actually, that my wife's around at the moment. That I get to see her more often than I normally do. Um, it's kind of nice. Even though we have lots of other stuff going on, That it's nice to actually be able to see her and chill out with her at home. and yeah how about you
2: love it mine would have to be um the fact that i can still get a sense of wilding out around my home (laughs) the the fact that i have so much nature and my feet can take me really far um that the clarity the clarity that this isolation has given me for sure like the perspective on the bigger things and what actually matters um and three. real basic, but like not being stuck in a house full of dickheads. I really love the people <laughs> I live with. And so I'm really grateful that those relationships are so strong and that, yeah, um, I, I like love where I live.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <That's>,
2: Very grateful. <laughs> great
0: thing to be grateful for. I just want to add one thing. I know we've talked a lot about the what ifs and stuff like that, but if you're finding that you're living in what ifs, find a positivity out of that. What if, you know, you can go, but what if the economy fucking fully plummets and everybody loses their jobs? Okay, cool. So we all start from scratch and we, we hit the reset button and we'll all come together and do it. Focus on the coming together side because we are humans and we do work best as a team, not as individuals. So remember that work as a team, not as an individual, even if that means, you know, getting onto a zoom call or a Skype call or a FaceTime, or there's so many different video calling apps out there now that, you know, you can do so, but you know, get on something with somebody and start to brainstorm like Savannah and I do, you know, get on something and brainstorm about something because you can come up with so many ideas. If you've lost your job, use this opportunity to create something new. Think about what you love the most and what you're so passionate about that you could talk for twenty, thirty, forty an hour about, and just start talking about it. Start brainstorming on how you can help, how you can you know how you can use that to help other people.
2: But also, on that yeah. note. Ask better questions, because if yes. you ask shitty questions, you're going to get shitty answers. <laughs> so, questions like, oh, why, why, did I get, why did I get fired? That's a shitty question. How about, what do I have the opportunity to create now?
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Ask, yeah, good question.
0: Yeah, ask yourself good questions. Because if you ask yourself, like Savannah said, if you ask yourself good questions, then you're going to get good answers. And it's going to drive you forward. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a, I mean, my wife's pretty much lost her job and she's, she works in the travel event industry. That's going to be one of the last things that comes back. Air New Zealand put a post out and said that the first thing that's going to come back is domestic travel. They can't see international travel starting up for a little bit now, probably at least 12 months. So she's like, okay, cool. I got to find something different. So now she's asking the smart question of, what else am I good at? What else can I get paid a decent wage and do? And so that's what she's looking for now. And so it's, it's working, it's, it's it's asking yourself those good questions and focusing on that, focusing on the, the uplifting side of things and focus on the things like, you know, yeah, okay, cool. You lost your job. Now you have the opportunity to do whatever the fuck you want. The universe is giving you this opportunity to do whatever you want. Maybe you weren't happy in that job. So it's all happened for you. And so you're here, you're able to do whatever the hell you want. So just stay focused on those positivities. Do you have any last words at all, Savannah for everybody?
2: I think you summed it up pretty well.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. Well, till next time uh, we will talk to you soon. And remember, give us, give us you know, comment or, you know, send us an email. Uh, what is it? Powerchats one. It's powerchats one, isn't it? I haven't used the email very much, Or right? Is it powerchats zero one? No, it's powerchats one at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us know what topics you want us to talk about. It can be anything, you know. We love talking about shit. We love talking <laughs> just going off on different things and talking about whatever. But if you want us to actually, you know, hone in on a topic, let us know. And, um, yeah, like, subscribe, do all the fun things.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, and stay then, safe. Huh? Yeah, and stay safe. And remember, stay the fuck home and stay the fuck away from people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys.